Okay, I think we actually have a podcast going here. Uh, not that it was easy. <laughs> Adventures in Skype, we'll call the... This is our really. This is our first podcast um, remotely. We did three of them in uh, in Tampa for the championship game, and now we are all in different parts of the country. And you talk about spanning the globe. Um, but I would say looking at looking live at TMG, but that, that's sort of an ode to Brent Musburger. Um, Anyway, this is TMG, the podcast. I'm Chris Dufresne, and uh, we have, we think we have on the line Mark Blouchin from Situate, and Herb I'm Gould, here. Herb Gould, who, um, who never left Florida after the championship game, um, and, uh, you know, I think he just, uh, he never, he didn't want to go back to uh, icing, or de-icing his, whatever they have to do in cold weather places. So, Herbie, are you there? Are you, are you still warm? Snowbird? I've- we had a cold snap. It went under. It got under sixty here. I I had to get out my long underwear there. But I am in Bradenton, Florida, not just an hour away from our uh, championship football game. Wow. Um, and, you know, we really haven't we haven't spoken since that championship game, um, and it, it was a it was a very exciting game. And I think uh, I, I I think you guys would agree. Um, it was probably good for college. Football that Clemson won instead of Alabama. I just think it makes, uh, uh, you know, it, it makes uh, it, it. It just needed to happen because otherwise we just would seeded the universe to Alabama. Uh, I think it's nice just to have some a fresh champion. Would you agree or disagree or? Oh, I think it adds intrigue to it and, and gives uh, Clemson the credibility it wanted to get to that next level. Uh, um, and it also, you know, puts, uh, you know, almost like, a, I don't say do or die, but, but the season opens up with Florida State and Alabama right. uh, next year. Uh, and, and that's maybe, you know, one, two in the country in preseason. So, you know, who, I think it was, it was the best of both worlds. It was good and bad. Yeah, I think, it, you know, I think it helps because, you know, to get off of that Alabama, you know, dominance thing, I think it would have helped more if we had had a champion from somewhere else, you know, not necessarily, you know, Big Ten, Pac-12, anywhere outside of the South. It's just the dominance of the Deep South in college football championships over the last decade or more. I I think that kind of curbs interest around the rest of the country. All the credit to them for doing it. Right. Um, I mean, I think the, the, the only people that love dynasties are the people of the, you know, the hometowns or the home cities of that dynasty. The people outside of it, like when, like when I was a kid and I was a big UCLA basketball fan, you know, I wanted them to win every game by 100 points. And to me, if they didn't win, it was, you know, it was, it was a surprise. But if, when you look outside of it, um, you can see why outside people get tired of it. And and maybe this is, might be a good segue into into the Super Bowl this week because we're kind of facing the same thing with New England, and I, I just get the sense that you know people are are getting t- are tired of New England, the Patriots, the Gate, Tom Brady, this, Bill Belichick, that, and I, I, and uh, we got an interesting uh, you know kind of setup here with with uh, two players, two quarterbacks from the you know we have. Uh, Brady from 
from New England, and we have uh, Maddie uh, Ryan from Boston College. But uh, my sense is that a lot of people want to see Atlanta win just just for something new. Oh no! And no one more than me because of, <laughs> because of Maddie Ice. I mean, right? I mean, I mean that uh, everyone is. I mean, you know, I. I said, I mean, people ask me who, who, if I'm rooting for the Patriots, and I go, no, and they kind of look at me and go, what's your problem? And I said, I said, I don't have a problem. I said, I have, I'm rooting for Matty Ice, and that's it. So, I mean, it's not, it's not a problem, and, and I, you know, let's, let's hope that happens. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I could see that. I, I just, between the Bears not playing well and, and, <laughs> and some of the other storylines in the NFL, I mean, my interest in the NFL is so low right now. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> no, no. Even I told my Packer friends I would. I would actually, if they remember, what did they call it? Remember, they had a runner-up game. Was oh God! Uh, I would watch the Packers and the Steelers play for third place before I would watch the Super Bowl. You know, just from a, a a football standpoint. I mean, to me, the Super Bowl has just become sort of a, you know, it's it's become this wonderful party, and all credit to them for marketing, but. It doesn't even matter who's playing half the time, you know, or more than half the time for most people. Yeah. It's all about the squares and, and the dip and the commercials. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, again, it's sort of a regional um, game again, like the, like the championship. You have two vested interests. You have the, the New England area, greater New England area, and you have, uh, you know, and you have Atlanta, uh, the Atlanta area. Um, and outside of that, I mean, I'm interested because I, I did, I, I, mean, I really liked um, Matt, Matt Ryan at Boston College. I, I, so I've, I've sort of, and, and these college kids to us are, are kind of like our kids, you know, once we pass them on to the NFL. And I even, we're so old that, that we remember, you know, Tom Brady at, at, at Michigan when he, when he wasn't even the starting quarterback. And, and right, Lloyd, Henson. Right, Lloyd, yeah. Carr, Lloyd Carr was playing Drew Henson and, um, and I remember going to games then and watching them and and uh, and, and say, well, why is why is Tom Brady playing? I mean, he's really good. Why are they putting this guy in in the second quarter? Um, so th- my interest in in these kind of games are, uh, you know, following our kids. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, once they once they get uh, past college into the pros, so. But I, I agree. I agree with Herb a little bit. I mean, I, my interest in the Super Bowl is, is sort of waned. Blau has a, a much more personal. This is personal because this is. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's great. It's also hard to, you know. I mean, there's no question. You know, the accomplishments of Brady and Belichick, and yet, yeah, as yeah. you mentioned, you know, the the little sort of unsportsmanlike conduct that we've seen from them over the years it, it really tarnishes their image in my mind yeah i'm t- I'm, I'm you know even frankly, though they yeah, i'm tired of their i am tired of their act you know i'm just it, and, and with all due respect and i do respect you know what they've done and, and brady is is great and uh you know blau i know wanted to anoint him as the greatest quarterback ever last uh, uh, if they, you know years ago once he won his, his fourth um, I still, you know, I still think Joe Montana, the difference between Brady and Joe Montana uh, is you know, Mont- Montana never threw an interception in, in, in a Super Bowl. Four games, yeah. So, um, and, and, but, you know, I, look, I'm not going to say uh, Brady's a great player. 
Uh, what he, what he does with with that the talent around him, he's got like a uh, you know a sixth sense with Edelman and some of these guys, and, and he throws passes that looks like only these two guys know you know where the ball is going, no matter how close you defend him. But I'm yeah, I think a lot of people are just tired of uh, of of the act of uh, you know the, the the battles with Belichick and the and the league and you know and all this other stuff. So. But, uh, you know, beyond that, everyone will watch the Super Bowl because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, there's a lot of, you know, we're entering February, and uh, which is usually the doldrums of the, uh, the sporting calendar. For, you know, the, uh, I know, notice the, the NHL All-Star game jumped the, uh, Jump the calendar on this is is I mean is that usually usually as part of my February doldrums of of sports uh, uh, all star games and, and whatnot but uh, uh, you know tomorrow we have we have my least favorite day of the year is uh, <laughs> National Football Signing Day where kids who may or may not be uh, you know the, the star talent that they that they've been anointed. They, you know, put on hats and gymnasiums all over the country. Uh, I refuse to watch it. I hate it. Um, I know it's important. I know Alabama will do very well. Uh, you know, but uh, what do you make of this day? And can we can we ever just get rid of this National Signing Day thing? No, because 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 it's so important. As little as you make of it in south in the South, this is. I mean, the Super Bowl doesn't exist in the South. Uh, it won't because of Atlanta, but 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 the first Wednesday in, in February is on every every uh, college football fan's uh, calendar in in the South. I mean, it, they they they'll have, they'll have parties. There'll be nonstop coverage of, of of guys signing, you know, signing, not whenever they sign or or how they do it these days, you know. Uh, so it's 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 not going to go away because because it's it's part of the culture of the South and and that won't go away. Yeah, but it, you know, it, but it's a made for TV event, isn't it? I mean, oh, it's, everything's made for TV and doof. I mean, with, with I mean that's that's what it is. I mean, the days of of the you know stories, yeah, you know, those, those are gone. But it, yeah, it is a made for TV event. It's an ESPN event. ESPN will have 20, 20 crews throughout the country tomorrow. You know, with excited. You know, and I pay no attention to a kid till he shows up on campus. Right. Her- well, it, it, it's true. I, I, you know, I'm, I like it. I don't mind it nearly as much now that I don't have to chase it down. <laughs> right. When I was, when I was Good on, point. you know, we, we, we would be, you know, the other part was that there was a sameness to it um, because it was always, you know, in the Big Ten and, and I think even around the nation. There's so little movement. I mean, the best programs are consistently the ones that do the best job of recruiting. And it it just makes it difficult to take it seriously because I think when I, and when I was around Notre Dame, I think people were in, uh, recruits were inflated if they were, you know, if a kid chooses a Notre Dame or an Alabama or a Michigan or a USC, they are given higher ratings which means that it ensures that the the traditional programs always end up near the top of the recruiting list. And and like Blaus said, you don't really know till they get there. Right. Uh, so you know the whole thing is is really yeah, it's just kind of a dog and pony show at this point. And yet it's it's a lifeblood. I mean, look at all the of the websites 
that that really that's where they make phones. You know, that's what I mean. I have, and he, I'm still waiting for the first coach to come out hold a press conference and just say, you know what, we really whiffed this year. You know, this is the worst. You know, every every coach, every program, uh, you know, Twitter, whatever. Oh, we love who we got. We love all our guys. This is this is the, You know, it's just such a. Yeah, it's it's such a sham in that respect because nobody's going to come out and tell the truth. Not that anybody knows the truth, but I've never heard of a, a well, school that's had a bad recruiting class. Last year, I mean, every 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 report I read had Boston College at at, at like you know fourteen in in in, in the ACC in recruiting every every one. So Steve Dazzy, the Boston College coach, comes out on on, on signing day. And, and the first words out of his mouth, we had a great recruiting class. I go, but what standard are you using? <laughs> I, I want to see the statement on Rutgers three years ago, right. or two or three years ago. Uh, I go back and look at the statements from that 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 class that this year. I mean, it's, it's, right, it's amazing. It's, it's just an amazing, you know. I mean, the, the and they, uh, people buy it because you know, uh, you know, four star, three star, two star, five star recruits. I mean, it. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. I mean, it's I, it, it's just you're right. It's it, it's utter nonsense, and and I'm and I'm glad when February second when Groundhog Day comes along, and, and we don't have to you know talk about it anymore. Yeah, the, the if we do it all, you know, the, and occasionally you'll see. Break. I know that when that one year uh, when Illinois, I mean, this was a a real example. I mean, when Illinois had a really good recruiting class one year with Ron Zook uh, and Mike Loxley uh, was his offensive coordinator, brought in some really good kids from Washington, uh, what it ultimately resulted in was uh, Pete Thamel at the New York Times did a, an in-depth story on, you know, whether Illinois had uh, bent the rules, as they say. Yeah. And, you know, and that, that's, that's kind of to the point where it is. If somebody does rise up and, and outkick their coverage, everybody, you know, uh, sees red flags that they did something under the table. Right. That's like, uh, you know, Mississippi a couple of years ago got hit with that. And, th- and those, uh, you know, those claims are still haunting Hugh Freeze. You always hear about that class, you know, about what happened in that class. And you're right. When somebody, everyone expects Alabama to be number one every year. But when somebody else out of that, even out of that conference or that division if you know, by God, Mississippi State claims to have a great recruiting class, then it must be crooked, or, or you know, the, because how could they otherwise do it? But uh, you know, and the other thing that's changed this whole uh, this whole you know silly season has been the early enrollee, um, you know, guys that are right. that are in college or that are already enrolled. Yeah, right now before signing day. And you know Jalen Hurts did that at uh, Alabama, and, and and all we we kept calling him a true freshman, which he was. You know he he was an early enrollee and had already been in school, um, so you know he he I think he probably was a, a sophomore in standing by the time he he ended his first year. But uh, so that's changed a little bit. But um, it's just uh, like I said, I can't wait to get to. Uh, you know, uh, usually I said I, I usually I would say I can't wait to get the NHL All Star Game, but I think that's uh, that's already happened. I think it happened in L.A. Even I'm not that uh, how much I was paying attention. <laughs> you know, the odd thing about the NHL All Star Game now is that they they play this three on three with four you know divisional teams, and, and I'm sitting there thinking I actually I didn't watch I didn't watch it, but. When it, I'm just thinking, if three-on-three three is good enough for the All-Star game, how long is it going to be? It's also good enough for their overtime. 
you know, how yeah. long is it going to be before that's their regular season format? Think of the, the payroll savings they could do if they only had to put three skaters on the ice. And uh, if it's more exciting and, you know, you could make the case not only with hockey, but even with basketball, that fewer players actually makes it more exciting because the athleticism is so phenomenal now that they I can agree. do they, they do everything. I mean, it, it, you don't really need to have five guys in hockey anymore because the way they hurl their bodies and the, the speed and skill they have, three guys cover a ton of ground or ice. Yep. You know what's going to happen there, Herb, is, is that that will get passed, and then we'll, you'll, you'll expand to 96 teams in the NHL. <laughs> that might be the way. Hey. I know that, it, you know, it's sort of funny if you've ever seen, I, I was at an award dinner a couple of years ago, and they were giving out a posthumous award to Lloyd Pettit, who was a phenomenal uh, hockey announcer uh, when I was a kid. He did the Bobby Hull, Stan Makita games oh, uh, that I grew up on. And they showed some clips uh, just to, to capture his voice. And you see Glenn Hall and, and Bobby Hall and, and playing against Gordy Howe, these great heroes of the 60s. And it almost looks like an old-timers game because they, they, don't, you know, they don't do things athletically the way they're done today. And I don't know that it's less of a game, but it was more of a chess game than an athletic endeavor. I mean, they never left their feet. The goalies were, you know, looked like those guys that we would see on that what was that little that uh that soccer game we were playing in the yeah, press room yeah. yeah but you know the goalie just kind of moved side to side um yeah you know it's just amazing how much the athleticism has changed yeah. these sports I, think, I wish they would do the 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 nfl pro bowl i think i think they should turn it into a, a seven on seven like a flag football game you know it might make it more interesting because none of those guys want to get hurt anymore uh for a good reason but um, right. right, I think we've uh, we've we I think that uh, we've allotted enough uh, hockey the hockey talk um, portion of our show. Uh, we'll move we'll move past that. I wanted to talk a little bit about regular season college basketball and uh, Herb. This is this is on you. But this has been what a what an unbelievable year it's been in in Chicago. Not only with the Cubs uh, winning for the first time since nineteen oh eight. Um, and was that was that tinkered ever the chance team was that the right tink? Yeah, that was, and right. uh, that's what I've been spending my time on here. I've had a nineteen oh eight Cubs book uh, on my docket for for far too long. You're waiting, but for yeah, the... I tinkered it the <laughs> chance. Um, and yeah, nineteen oh eight, and and I know you're segueing yes. into Northwest basketball, which is just terrific uh, story. They, you know, at this point, the question is not whether they're going to get into the NCAA tournament. Uh, it's just where they're going to be. I mean, really? you know, they, they can't. Yeah, there's, no, there's no way they can. There's no way they can choke this. Oh, no, no, no. Oh. Choke it. But the way they're tracking, I mean, you know, if they collapse, they're going to, you know, they're going to be out. But you could say that about any no, number. They're not going to be out. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be out. Really? So they're, 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 they're in, huh? Yeah. Wow. They're a lock. Well, you know, I mean, they have to play games, but but so does Duke and North Carolina. You know, they they're gonna, you know, you take a look at their schedule. They've played uh, the bulk of, you know, they've played more road games to this point than uh, home games, and they're they're playing well in both home and road. Uh, you know, they're tracking. I mean, they're in third place in the league, and there's no reason they can't 
stay in the top three, certainly the top five. You know, they're looking at a six seed, seven seed. I mean, they're not they're not a bubble team. They're 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 solidly in the field. Uh, and with good reason. I mean, they have two really good scorers, uh, Lindsey and um, Vic Law, who are, you know, Chicago area kids who, who really are good skilled wings. Uh, they have a really good point guard from Indiana, uh, a small town, uh, McIntosh. Uh, and they have decent bigs, not great, but, you know, they're, they're a very solid uh, kind of a team. And, uh, you know, I really expect that they're going to, you know, they're, they're looking at 11, maybe 11 and 7 in the league, something like that, maybe 12 and 6. Well, this is, yeah, like I said, this, um, this is amazing development. And, and it, I used to love, every year you could always count on, uh, you know, mentioning the fact, which was a, a great stat about Northwestern, is they hosted the first NCAA championship uh, in Evanston in 1939 and had never played in it, which is, you know, uh, which all these great stats that we can no longer say anymore. The Cubs in 1908, now we have Northwestern. You know, what's next? What's the next great, uh, the, you know, the curse? Is there, are there any curses left out there? I get, I'm getting pretty thin. I mean, uh, what do we got? I guess you could, for the Cleveland Browns, that one goes back pretty far. Yeah, but, um, Cle- but Cleveland, the city of Cleveland, broke the curse this year with the broke theirs. But, so. yeah, they're, they're falling. They're definitely falling. I mean, the, the story at this point, I don't want to get too far ahead of it with Northwestern. But what I'll be interested to see is what happens with their coach, Chris Collins, uh, who, you know, a, a Duke star and, and longtime Duke assistant. He's the next Duke coach, right? Is that what you're saying? Well, yes and no. I mean, Jeff Capel is yeah. right there, very capable. Um, Wojciechowski, who's now at Marquette, is certainly, you know, I mean, the buzz won't be there for him the way it is for Chris doing at Northwestern. But there are many candidates, and, and we don't really know with Coach K. You know, if that back gets mended, he's the kind of guy that might go on forever, or he might, you know, not be able to continue. Yeah. Um, but what, that would be interesting to see with Collins, you know, does he stay in, in Evanston, or, uh, you know, does he? Does somebody make him an offer he can't refuse? You know, a lot of people besides Duke would, would throw a lot of money at the guy who ended the 78-year drought in uh, Evanston, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's a good point. But you know, when they say when mom, when mama calls, you know, I guess mama would be Duke. If 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 Duke called, he'd have to go, he'd, he'd have to go, he'd have to go calling, I guess. But uh, it's uh, it's been an interesting year so far in college basketball. Maybe we'll touch just a little bit on this because we we're kind of running up against time, you know, because we are on a very tight time schedule here with Herb in Florida. He's got to get out to there. There's a beach walk out there. He's got to make and. Uh, I've got all sorts of yard work here to do, but let's just get into uh, regular season college basketball. It's been an interesting year, man. If you just look at the last week of all the all the top teams that lost at Villanova and UCLA, and uh, uh, I'm sure I'm missing Florida State lost twice. Florida State lost twice. Um, I don't know what to make it of it, other than the Gonzaga is number one, and no one's really sure why or how long that'll last. Um, uh, but uh, it's uh, they play St. Mary's, right? They well, they are yeah. They they already beat St. They beat St. Mary's up pretty good in in, in, in Gonzaga, uh, though. Right, right. So that'll be their their other test. But you know, it's going to be the same old thing. They didn't play a schedule. Um, and I was at the the last time they were ranked number one. I believe is when when my boy uh, 
Greg Marshall, uh, Marshall. Beat, beat him in Salt Lake City. Um, uh, and, and that was the, the, that was the same pod where uh, where UCLA's next coach was going to emerge, and, and I thought it would be maybe Marshall, but they ended up taking Steve Alford, <laughs> which is uh, uh, being lamented by many out here in UCLA land. But um, it, it, Herb and uh, or Blau maybe just talk about you know some of the rule changes that have uh, affected college basketball seem to be working it's a much more exciting sport i thought it was dead 2 years ago when scoring was at an all time low um i'm actually you know semi interested in you know, in in january about college basketball what happened well, well you were- oh go ahead Bob. Well, first, first of all, you, I mean, the, the, you, you answered your own question. It's January, and, and Jay Billis made a great point. He, he said that they need, like, he was talking about the Kansas-Kentucky game, which was a great game Saturday night to watch. It was, it was fun to watch from start to finish. And he said what they need, college basketball needs to do, and this might be the next step, is to take some of these big marquee games and play them in January. Right. And then stick the conference games in, in November and December, he says, because... In the, Nope, he said. He said, foot, foot, uh, college football ha- takes over. Yeah. And no one watches. No, he said they can put the best game in the world, and no one watches. No one cares. No one remembers. So maybe college basketball should learn from that, and then they're going to play the sport because TV says they have to play the sport. Well, play, play, play your start your schedule on December first, your conference schedule. Play some games, but leave a couple of slots open in January and February, which builds up the interest and have games like like Kentucky and Kansas, and maybe that'll help even more. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I still think uh, I, I agree on with that. I still think the regular season champion needs to needs to be awarded the auto bid, not the other. Oh, still, the, right, you're right. But uh, you know, we can you, you can argue all. Of, uh, but but scoring is up. I mean, you're seeing games in the '80s, '90s. Uh, I mean, God, my my goodness, the Pac-12 is exciting. I mean, when when can we say that? I mean, uh, one of the reasons I I, I, I I haven't liked college basketball is the basketball out here has not been very good other than Arizona, but Oregon is really exciting. Arizona, UCLA and USC are, are exciting. It, it, you know, they're, they're exciting to watch or scoring in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. And this is different. And I think a lot, some of the rules, the shot clock rule and some of the, you know, hand to hand combat that they've, they've outlawed in, in, in defense has really opened up the game. Um, so, you know, in the it just in the nick of time too. Yeah, I think that helps. I also, you know, I I like the league play. I'm not. I don't really get as excited about the marquee stuff as some. You know, I, I like seeing it early in the year. But the other part about that is, you know, what happens so early doesn't really right. impact down the road. And I like, you know, I I like seeing competitive. That's why I like the Big Ten this year. It's it's not. It's not by any means a great league, even by its own standards. But the games are so competitive that that makes it, you know, very watchable. You really don't know what's going to happen uh, until they t- uh, tip the ball up. Yeah, it's uh, um, call. You know, college football crushed this. But the BCS, if it did, it did a lot of things. But one of the things it did do was crush early season college basketball. Um, with the you know with the announcement of the BCS standings, uh, uh, you just couldn't you couldn't uh, watch college basketball. Really, it just got buried. Um, and 
there's really nothing they could do about it because you can't really move. I always thought, well, they should they should delay the start of the season by a month, um, but CBS won't won't go beyond the Masters, you know, in mid in whatever mid April. Um, so uh, it it really got caught lost there for a couple months where there was uh, there was no you know you, it was hard to to find college basketball or want to want to watch it. But uh, you know, maybe maybe the sport maybe this is a renaissance for the sport. I I, I hope it's uh, you know I hope it continues. Yeah, I think that what what's happening this year too is that I, I mean I, I can't tell you uh, there could be 12, 15, 16 teams could win it. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. No one no one can make a reasonable guess, or they can they can guess, but they, but not with any certainty because you you don't know. I mean I mean on any given night here, I mean it, 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 like we what we've seen in the last couple of weeks that could that will happen in a tournament. Well, yeah, I think that's a positive, Blau. You know, well, I, I, well, it's great. I think it's great, Herb. I, I agree with you. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I was not caught up in the, uh, you know, there was so much, you know, hype for the Connecticut women's team with a 90-game winning streak, and I think it was their second 90-plus wins. You know, that doesn't that doesn't interest me at any, any sport, any level. I don't want to see that kind of dominance. I want to see competitive sports and, and I think that's going to be a great thing about this tournament uh, you know there are going to be some there's just going to be a lot of excitement and there's going to be a lot of disappointment but that's what I think really makes March Madness so great is it just the drama is just so intense oh and it's going to be better this year than, than ever before because because not even Joy Brackets I think we'll be able to say this is you know these are the number one seats for certain oh that's right and, and in fact that was one thing I, I posted this week at at the website is that, you know, Wisconsin and, and Purdue are, you know, tracking for four seeds, five seeds, but, but they're going to go play, you know, if they go play number ones or number twos, I'm not convinced that they're underdogs and, no. and you, you could go down the line with that to your point. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know either. So that's, that's, I think that'll be great. It'll, it'll build up March even, even more. Yeah. That's a, that's a great, it's going to be fun to watch. I think this is probably a good time to get out. Uh, and uh, we'll address some of these other issues as we get closer to the tournament. Anyway, it's been another lively session of TMG, the podcast. And uh, Blau, uh, you can go out into the... Uh, is it sunny there, out in sunny situate? Hell no, we got six inches of snow coming tonight. Okay, well, you stay inside. Herb, you can go out to the back out to the beach in Bradenton or wherever you are. Um, and uh, t- dip your toes into the. Are you, that's the Gulf side, so you can dip your toes into the Gulf Stream and, uh, and enjoy your week. And all uh, you know, it's always sunny in Southern California, as we know. So, <laughs> all right, guys, all right. take it easy. All right, our Arcade Fire will take us out here.